welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. All right, let me read from 2 Peter chapter 2, from verse 9. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in daytime, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and hearts they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass, speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water. Clouds, they are carried with tempests to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they are lured through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were cleaned escaped from them who live in error. Verse 19. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness Done after they have known it, turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. But it is happening unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sour that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Hallelujah. This, this is quite strong, as I said last time. Now, the book of Second Peter was written to protect the church from degradation or apostasy. And the church would enter into apostasy and degradation 
only if the church exposes itself or to allow itself to be taught and led by false teachers. So false teaching is the greatest, greatest threat to any healthy church. False teaching. False teaching. False teaching is the greatest threat to the future of the church. So to inoculate the church and keep the church sound, the apostles made sure that they taught the church to know what the right doctrines are and also warn the church, not only to teach the church what the right doctrines are, but warn the church of the coming or the infiltration of false teachers. So then the church shouldn't assume that we are fine. Everybody, you know, sometimes when people become Christians or people join the church, they assume everybody in church is okay. (laughs) Until someone borrows money and doesn't pay. Or you let your house without any documentation. So it's a church brother, so you let me let him go and rent. I will rent it to you, no documentation. Until when you need your properties, they say, I'm not moving out. I'm not moving. Where do you want me to go? I won't go. I don't care. I'll report you to authority. I'm getting my lawyers involved. Ah! (laughs) Until you use your name as a guarantor for somebody who thought he's in church. So then, are you saying we shouldn't help people? No, no, no. You didn't hear what I said. You just have to be very cautious. You still need references. Before you put your endorsement on people you meet in church. Because Peter says that they will be amongst you. So he had to warn the church of the infiltration of people who look like us, but they are not really very much one of us. And he wasn't even just talking about congregations. He was talking about leadership. The fact that someone calls himself a church leader or a bishop or a pastor or a prophet or an apostle, please, don't be deceived by the titles. Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't be deceived by titles. Be more interested in the content of the message. But here's the problem. How would you know this message is sound if you yourself are not taught soundly? So, the quality of your spiritual life is at the mercy of who is teaching you. It's at the mercy of the quality of your teachers. So, he said that in the Old Testament, false prophets infiltrated. So, false teachers will also infiltrate. And he had to begin to give, first of all, before he spoke about uh, how they are, he spoke about what shall happen to them. He said they'll be judged. Their judgment has been reserved, verse 4. Their judgment has been reserved. And the argument is if angels didn't escape, if the world in Noah's time didn't escape, if Sodom and Gomorrah didn't escape, he said, don't be deceived. God is still a God of judgment. These false ones will not escape. And he went on as far as saying that he actually knows how to preserve the righteous but to reserve the godly for punishment. If I use that for the day of judgment to be punished. <laughs> oh, but God is love. Yeah, he's also a God of justice, so he has to punish. So he said that, having said that, he said they are being reserved for the day of judgment to be punished. Then he goes, especially, chiefly. Chiefly. So when it comes to punishment from God, there are levels. Yeah, it was rather 
on Thursday, the other Thursday, when I spoke about, Jesus said, Pontius Pilate, John chapter 19, don't be worried, don't be threatened to kill me. <laughs> he said, he who has delivered, he said, I have power to release. He said, don't have power unless give it, verse 10, unless give it to. But I said, he who delivered me to you is, is guilty of greater sin. Do you see that? Uh, he said that he who delivered me unto thee has the greater. So greater sins, there are lesser ones and greater ones. And I took my time to explain one of the teachings that the, the rating of sin has not got to do with the intention behind it or the severity of the sin or the impact on people. The rate, so long as God is concerned, the rating of sin has everything to do with what you knew. Yeah, so... What you know, that's why it's good to have good teachers. The more you are well taught, the more God will expect better, better, yeah. yeah, yeah. And in Luke chapter 12, you know that's, yeah, verse 47 and 48, it says that the servant who knew his master's will, he knew it, your knowledge. What you knew and didn't do will subject you to many stripes at the time of judgment. You'll be beaten with many, many, if they say many, that means that the, the stripes will be measured. Some will have few stripes. Who are those who have few stripes? The verse 48 tells us who are those who have few stripes. But he who did not know, oh, but committed to see your, com what you do, what you do be judged. But if you didn't know and you still did, you still be judged, but not like the one who knew it and did it. He didn't know, will be beaten, still beaten, but it will be few. It will be fewer than the one who knew it. So the measure of your judgment and punishment and your sin has a lot to do with what you knew or what you know. Um, you can find out here in our teaching. This, so he goes on to talk about these false teachers. He said especially, and he begins to tell us a bit more about their behavior. So let's look at the, the, the text again. This verse 10, he said chiefly, them that walk after the flesh of the last of uncleanness. That's inordinate affections, the last of uncleanness. I took my time to explain it uh, last week. The last, last, last. Let's all say last. last. Say last. last. Last is a desire in you. And everyone has got last. Yeah. So don't be surprised at when you come to church and you see a Christian, somebody in church, and you see some, something, <laughs> something. <laughs> you, James, James chapter one says that everyone is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lusts. Yeah. So don't say it's God who is, is testing you. Verse 14 said, but each man is tempted when he's drawn away. You see, away off from where you should be, the track you drawn away of his own, say my own last. You know, when you look at people, I mean, some of you don't look like you have last at all. You look very innocent, very pious. There are people sitting here that look very pious. You are in your Sunday presentation. Very pious. Very pious. Very pious. Very pious. So, last is one thing that can trouble everybody. Everybody. In Jude, verse 16 and verse 
18, verse 16 says that these are memories, complainers, working afterwards their own lasts. They work after. So you are, we are not supposed to work after our last. Don't let the decisions of your life or the direction of your life be dictated by the feelings in your life. I feel like this one. I feel I want this. I want this. I want this. You are just, I'll show you what it says about anyone who lives based on instincts. It's not, you are living like an animal. Any of us, we can, we can end up. When you live based on your feelings, it says that you are meant to be caught and destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It said put down. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in your text. Verse 18, Jude 18 says that how that they told you there should be mockers in the last times who should walk after their own ungodly world last. She so you can tell people walk after their last. There are people who are walking. They might be in church, but they are walking after their last. They walk after their last. You can be walking after your last. Why? Because you got it. You got it. I, it doesn't matter how innocent you look. You got it. I got it. You got it. Every human being, as long as you remain a human being, this flesh has got last. And people who are not born again are slaves to their last. But when you are born again, he has given unto us all things that pertain to life of God. Verse 4 says that he has given us these great and precious promises. Second Peter. Great and precious promises that by them we will be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through last. We escaped. We escaped. So you can escape the corruption that is in the world. That is true. There is corruption, but it works through lust. And everybody has got lust. So what you going to do? You can't escape. Your lust is hurting you. Your lust is making you susceptible to corruption. But when you are in Christ, he gives us great and precious promises that by this we might be partakers of the divine nature. And then when we are partakers of the divine nature, we are able to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. But in chapter 2, verse 18, talks about these people. Look at chapter 2, verse 18. It says that, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure throughout the lust of the flesh. They appeal to your life. Preachers, church systems that appeal to the lust of people. They can, you know, um, they are, <laughs> there are people, I know one or two, that might be here, who have bought stones, but you thought you were buying a laptop or a watch. <laughs> you, you bought a TV box. The guy met you at the street, on the street and says, you know what, this one is very expensive. And they show it to you. You say, yeah, yeah. They said, the value is um, 1,300, but if you can have 200, we'll give it to you. And <laughs> And they will tell you, it's now the only one left. It's the only one left. So if you don't hurry up, we will. And then they take you to the cash point. <laughs> they took him to the cash point. Whilst he was cashing the money, they also packaging the thing. He gave them the money, said, okay, we'll see you. Anything, call us. You go home, you open the stones. They, they, 
some of us have bought watches that or mattresses and things that like you bought it from a, behind a van. They came to pack it. <laughs> they appeal to your last. Some of us are last for money is what the enemy will use to trouble us. They know, he knows you like this money. So they will offer, give you an offer you can't turn down. Yeah. Give you an offer you can't turn down. You, you turn your back on your wife, back on your husband. You cheat on your husband because of the offer they gave you. Yeah. The last, it appeals. So it says, look at the, the text again. They allure. All right. They allure through the last of the flesh. Through much wantonness. Carelessness. Carelessness. Taking lightly things that we have to take, uh, attend to seriously. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Well, just once. I'll just be quick, quick, quick. <laughs> through wantonness. Those that were clean escaped from them that live in error. Look at the next verse. Verse 19 says that. I'm talking, this, these teachers, these teachers, and these are supposed to be leaders wow. in churches. In churches. While they promise liberty. Oh, it's grace. It doesn't matter. It's just by grace. Grace understands. Grace comes. They themselves are servants of corruption. Wow. That's why early parts, I think in the verse, early verses spoke about how they denied the Lord who has saved them, the Lordship of God. And the, 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 the order of uh, spiritual things is compromise. False teachers bringing in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that the Lord that bought them and bringing upon themselves swift dis destruction. These are, these are people who don't care about the things the Bible cares about. They don't care. They are, what drives them is lust. And they also now appeal to people who live based on lust. And we all have lust. So then if you don't give yourself to sound doctrine and be on alert, they themselves, as they preach these things and they, they are lured to love, they promise things. They themselves are slaves, servants of corruption. Yeah, servants of corruption. Praise the Lord. So let me go back to mine. It's a chiefly these, these kind of people. These kind of people. And then, um, this is interesting. Look at the text again. Chiefly, they that walk after their flesh in the last of uncleanness and despise government. Now, this word I spoke more much on. They despise government. Uh, other translations say they despise authority. Right. They despise authority. So these are especially uncleanness, despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-will. See, they live based on their lusts and lust in uncleanliness. I don't, I don't mind. It doesn't matter. Let me just go. That's me. That's my life. That's what I prefer. And it's not just that. They despise authority. Every form of authority. Bible talks in Romans chapter 13, authority is from God. Whether it's civil authority, domestic authority, really spiritual authority, is of God. So, if, if you are married and you disrespect your spouse, you are undermining divine authority. 
if you are, if you disrespect the police, you are actually undermining divine authority. If you despise or disrespect or despise local authority, local government, even at work, at work, your boss is saying, this is me, I don't, I don't, I don't, I won't do anything. Meanwhile, it's not like they are doing something wrong. It's different when people are making you do something, even though God said don't do it. That's a different story. Or they are telling you not to do something, even though God said you should do it. But I'm talking about when there is, you see, God, it is only rebels who don't value order. Whatever. You come to church, Asha says sit here. He said, no, you can't tell me to sit here. Some, of, some people, they don't even look at the usher. He says, he just walks away. It's, you usher. You see, you, you, you are the one we are describing. You disrespect authority. You are presumptuous. Presumptuous. That's what I said. We become presumptuous. Pride. Boastful. Self-willed. What I want is what I will do. The Greek word is orthodays. Yeah. You are orthodays. <laughs> Arrogant. Self-willed. Doing what pleases you. What I want to please me, that's what I will do. He said these people are like that, especially. Despise authorities. And watch this. I want to show, draw your attention to something. Um, despise government. Presumptuous are they. Self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. They are not afraid to speak. You know, they are, that's why I thought, mind your language. When some people are, dignities there is doxo. The word translated dignity or dignities is doxo. That's Greek word doxo means sometimes translated as glory, as praise, as something honorable, as glorious. All these are variations of doxo. But if they speak evil of speaking evil, the Greek word translated speaking evil is blasphemous. Obviously, sounds you know, yeah. To to vilify authority, to vilify somebody, to speak in a disparaging manner, you know, and or slightingly, to speak slightingly about somebody, or especially authority. When people are in authority, you are not supposed to uh, vilify them. It's not godly. You can't be a Christian and you, you speak carelessly, disrespectfully about authority. Let's say you are in politics. You... You, you might not like the mayor, but you can't speak about the mayor anyhow. It's not, it's not God's way. You can't speak about your father anyhow. You can't speak about your mother anyhow. I know your dad is dead, but please, you can't even use some words. It might be in your mind or in your heart, but you can't let them come out. You are not permitted under God's rule and God's institutions to... Speak anyhow about anyone in authority or anyone in a high position. Let alone, uh, let, let alone, and now, that doxa there also means um, anything that has been exalted in Christ. So Christ has promoted somebody or something, any, any exalted position in Christ. You are careful when you are addressing it. I know you have uh, freedom of speech, but it doesn't apply. <laughs> it doesn't apply apply here. So um, it's very important we, we take notice of that, that we do not. And what got my attention, he says that last, the, the last of uncleanliness and then he, uh, last of uncleanliness, despising authority, 
presumptuous as they say. That's two. Last of uncleanness and they despise authority. Then he goes on and says, they are presumptuous. Self-willed. I think he will leave it there. Not afraid to speak. See, now he began, he focused more on the speaking. Not afraid. So it's like the speaking is a very essential aspect of who you are and how quickly you can be punished. What you are saying. Because he was talking about how God has reserved these people for the day of judgment to be punished. And he said, especially these ones who they live in the last of uncleanness and despise authorities. And he said, they are presumptuous. They are proud. They are arrogant. That's the actual word. Arrogant. Arrogant. Presumptuous. Self-willed. Speaking evil of, you see, that's speaking of blasphemers, of dignitaries, of doctors, something that, you know, I know she's your sister, but for, for goodness sake, she's now in a, a, a very important position. Be careful how you're addressing her. Be careful. You, you, when you, you are dealing with someone who is elevated in a high position, in a magisterial position, you have to be careful how you speak. That's what he's saying. And he goes on to say that, um, Speaking of look at the next verse, verse 11. Whereas then, even angels of greater power and might bring no railing accusation against them before the Lord. Angels are careful even when they are addressing a pastor before God <laughs> or a prime minister before God. Anybody that is in position, angels are careful when they are. Angels are even careful. That's why we read last week, um, we went to Jude, but we don't. We've covered that. And then verse 12 says that, talking about these people who speak, the way they speak and the way they last, said, but these, as natural brute beasts, that's a very, that's, these are strong. The word brute, as I, I told you, is unreasonable. Alos is the Greek word. Unreasonable. Without reason. Really, it means without reason. Without, said, but these people blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animals. They live based on their just instincts. They are like talking about these teachers and their cohorts. And their behavior tells you they are like unreasoning animals or animals without reason. Without reason. That's, that's quite uh, worrying, unreasoning animals. So f I want to give you five manifestations or ways these people have been presented in the scriptures. Number one, they are like unreason uh, unreasonable animals. Yeah, it's there. Look at the verse 12 again. But these, us, us, they are not, but they us, as natural brute beasts. Made to be, that's why I said earlier on, isn't it? Made to be taken and destroyed. Do you see that? Made to be taken and destroyed. So he says, like, give me, give us the uh, NIV. Let's see how the NIV puts it. These are blasphemous people. They, they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animal creatures of instinct, born only to be caught, captured, and destroyed. Destroyed, yeah. The Greek word to destroy also can be interpreted or can be rendered corrupted. They are, corruption is what will lead them into destruction. Corrupted. Watch, this is a very important point I'm about to make. We, by God's grace, have escaped from the corruption that is in the world through last. 
but these have not escaped. So made to be corrupted and destroyed through the corruption of their lives. When God created man, he himself was our governing, uh, he himself became our government until we broke relationship with God. And so now, human beings became subject to their conscience. So the conscience is the governing principle God has installed. And everyone has a conscience unless you're animal. Animals don't have conscience. Human beings do. But it gets to a time where the farther you move away from God, the Bible says that you become past feelings, as I mentioned last week, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. They've gone past feelings. Now, they are not even obeying their conscience anymore. They, all, they obey their feelings in spite of their conscience. So then, these people have given themselves over to lasciviousness, doing whatever seems pleasant to their feelings. And th- 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 these are people who have managed to find themselves in church. And it's interesting that people can be in church and also end up becoming like this. And usually it has a lot to do with the teachings and the teachers of such teachings, you can see these are their manifestations, their mannerisms. They are like unreasonable animals. (laughs) Brute beasts meant to be caught and destroyed. That's their end, right? Their end will be destruction. And see, it comes again. See, it's coming again, this thing. Don't take it lightly. Last, last Sunday, speaking evil of things that they understand not. And they shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Speaking of things they don't understand. So, you see, see some of us say, ask for me, I'll say anything. No, what you are saying can make you a victim in life. What you are saying. Have you noticed how he's put so much emphasis on their speaking? Verse 10 focused or spoke about uh, they are not afraid to speak. Verse 10 says that uh, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignity. Verse 10 talk about first of all, they work and then they despise government. All right? Then he spoke about their speaking. Verse 11 said angels don't even speak the way they, angels won't even speak the way. Hey, this guy, wow. If you, if angels are wondering, wow, even me, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't, I can't speak the way you are speaking about authorities. I said, we, we can't even do that. And then, then the verse 12, I'm sorry. Then the verse 12 says that, but these are natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. Speak evil of things. They, they speak. They speak natural brute beasts. They speak. Yeah, creatures of instincts. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. And you, you've forgotten you are... You are addressing or you are dealing with, you are speaking about somebody God has honored. Or somebody in a position of dignity. In a place of dogs are. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Ask for me when, when, when I'm upset, I will say anything. Some of us sometimes, sometimes you can. <laughs> the way you speak to your wife tells us that you are not qualified to be married. Yeah, you are not qualified to be married. Many women have destroyed their marriages by what they are, how they speak to their husband. There are husbands who say that, Pastor, the way this woman, when this woman speaks, something in me, something, something, something in me breaks. This woman, her words. And then she will speak and then finish and go for deliverance. 
for the devils are spoiling my marriage from my mother's background. Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. They will die by fire. They will die by fire. They will die by fire. <laughs> it's a creatures of instincts. You were so upset, so you decided to address your wife that way, address your husband that way, or say those things about your wife, or type those things about your wife online. Some people are so unbelievable. You, you, you have problems with your wife or your husband, and you take it online. No. You are the description the Bible has given here. Creatures of instinct. Exercise discretion. Exercise restraint. Exercise discretion with your words, with your behavior. Verse 12. And shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Now, so number one, he says that they are creatures of instincts, unreasonable animals. They are like unreasonable animals. One description of such people, such teachers and their quotes, said they are like us unreasonable animals. Let, let me finish the verse 13. I'll go to the Verse 13 says that, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. Wow. There's a reward for unrighteousness. Shall we receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count, oh, no. They count it pleasure to riot in daytime. Pleasure. We live in a generation where pleasure is a defining factor in decision making. Yeah. <laughs> Pleasure becomes defining factor in decision. It makes me happy. I just love it. I just like it. Pleasure. Jesus told a parable of a sower going to sow seeds. And he says that some of one of the category of the seed didn't flourish. And when he was describing it, he says that the ones that fell among tongues, verse, Luke chapter 8, verse 14. He said, now, the ones that fell among the tongues are those who, when they heard the word, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. Did you see that? Pleasure of life can choke the fruitfulness of the word of God you have heard. Cares, riches. Because of my topic, let's leave care and riches. But people fail to realize pleasures of life. Pleasures of life. Pleasures of life. Pleasures of life. Not the pressure of life. The pleasures of life. They can choke. Pleasures of life can choke the efficacy of the word of God you have received. Or the fruitfulness of... God said my word does not come void. It will, it will accomplish. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11. For it shall accomplish whatever I sent it to. But in your life, pleasures have choked it from accomplishing. Pleasure. Titus chapter 3, verse 3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and what? Pleasures. That's how we used to be, brothers and sisters. If you are born again, you should have this, I used to be. I used to serve diverse lusts and pleasures. So you have to thank God and pray that some of the service you rendered to your last and pleasures in the past will not surface. Yes. Yeah, because it can surface and put your work on the line. Because professional, you followed pleasure 
and then this one has made you, but it hasn't come out. And now you are born again. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And matters of shadows of the past, visitors of the past. Every one of us used to be some way. Every one of us. We used to, depending on what you were exposed to, who raised you, the conditions under which we, some of us, our own might be curtailed or mild. Some of us, our own is wild. Wow, wanton. Wantonness. Wild. Yeah. He said, brutes, beasts. But it is animal who wants to have a child with their mother. Yeah, animals have children with their mothers. Uh, vice versa. Yeah, and the creatures of instinct. Why won't you go? The lion, you go. The, 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 the wild. He grows a little bit. The goat is now chasing his mother. <laughs> because he sees his mother as a female. That's all. Wow. That's the, no, the, no instincts, just instincts. It's a female. But we are a different breed. So when we are in Christ, we are different. But these kind of teachers, like animals, brute beasts, unreasonable animals, begin to allow things and actually encourage things that are just, it belongs to the fallen world. It belongs to the fallen world. Verse 13. And that now, now so carousing, oh, that's King James, New King James said carousing, NIV said carousing. Carousing is partying. Wild parties in daylight. Now, what is wrong to party in daylight? It's not a party, but the wild nature of it. Things that should be done behind closed doors because they are bad. They are bad. Now, it's being done at the uh, train station. Yeah. Train station. Inside the car. Some, oh, things that you, and if you don't care who sees you or who doesn't see you. <laughs> Sorry, I just reminded somebody some of... <laughs> Your old encounters, right? <laughs> yeah. It says that carousing in daylight, parting wild behaviors. Yeah. We can't do some things. We can't carouse in broad daylight. Rioting in broad daylight. I think I wrote the Greek, the mean the Greek Greek word, the rioting. You know, you remember the, the prodigal son in yeah, Luke's yeah. riotous living. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just, it's, it's like careless, yeah. careless yeah. living with him, extreme pleasure. Yeah. Things that are, are too much. No and no boundaries. And he said, these guys, they live riotously. Wow. And then when they do that, look at that, that, that's the text again. There's something I need you to do because I don't want to spend too much time here. Spots they are. Spots they are and blemishes. Sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Ah. They are sports. You remember Ephesians chapter 5, verse, yeah, verse 27? Mm-hmm. Ephesians 5, 27 says that he will sanctify the bride. Christ died for the bride that he might present the, uh, uh, himself a glorious church, not having sports or anything. So these people are sports in your feasts. They are sports in our ministries, in our services. There are spots in our church. There are spots in the pastoral way. There are spots. God made us to be without spots. But said, these people, they carouse in broad daylight and become spots in your feasts. They pollute what we are doing and give unbelievers the 
right to even comment anyhow, anyway. So number one, they are unreasonable, like unreasonable animals. Number two, spots and blemishes amongst, uh, amongst the believers. There are spots and blemishes amongst the believers. And Jude 12 repeats it. Jude verse 12, Jude chapter 1 verse 12. It says that these are spots in your feasts of charities. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruits wither, withereth, without fruits, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. And in um, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, it says that, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, yeah, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Be diligent that ye be found. But this one said there are spots in our feasts. We are enjoying the Lord, but there are spots in our feasts. Yeah. So number two, there are spots. Number three, let's look at the text. Okay, let me just comment a bit on the number two spots. They are... Um, Verse 14, having, oh, this is interesting. Having eyes full of adultery. What's the meaning of that? They have eyes full of, their eyes are full of adultery. <laughs> it's in their eyes. <laughs> eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin. It's like sin, no amount of sin is enough. Hey, eyes full of adultery. It's like, oh, they don't know enough. They want more. We want to do more. We want more. Eyes, and this is talking about, these are amongst you, church. These people who say grace, 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 grace. It doesn't matter what you do, but grace, 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 grace. Don't they read the Bible for goodness sake? You can't be a believer and anything at all goes. It's in the scripture. It's very clear. In fact, I was telling some people that God never rewards intentions. He doesn't judge us for our intentions, per se. He said, I'll give you, I'm coming, my reward is with me. To give, Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. I, behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me. To give everybody according to his, according to his what? Wow. Work. Work, not wish. Not intention. He will reward you according to what you do matters. He said, I know your works. The church, letter that I wrote to the churches, I know your works. 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 But these people are sports. Blemishes they are in our feasts. Our love feasts. We love everybody. But when they give you a hug, it's not a normal hug. Blemish, eyes full of, thank you, eyes full of adultery. Yeah. Eyes, their eyes is full of adultery. I don't know what that means. I think, <laughs> let me, I didn't want to go too much into that. Their eyes are full of adultery. Whatever, when even they close their eyes, they are still. <laughs> you say what? Virtual body count. <laughs> um, let me just do this quickly and then run up. I think I will. So, verse 
But eyes full of adulteries and um, they don't cease from sin. Beguiling unstable souls, that's deceiving. You know, you become very vulnerable if you are not stable. Some of you just jump from church to church. Today you are church A. You are unstable so you'll be beguiled. It is necessary to have stability in your spiritual journey. Don't just get up and say every morning, Sunday morning, I pray. The church God asked me to go, I go. When you are filling forms, they ask you your address. Tell them that I just check any address I see. When I'm driving on the road, any address I see that this is my address. No, you must have a base. You must have a base. It's a reflection of spiritual, high-level spiritual ignorance and stubbornness of heart not to have a base. You have a base. You have to. Listen, either I know you might not have a passport, but you still are a citizen somewhere. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, and had... Verse 14, put the New King James, please. The New King James on the verse 14 again. Having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, enticing and unstable souls, they have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accustomed. They, they are trained. They, are tra- they have themselves trained in covetous practices. You can be in church, but before you realize, you are trained. Trained in the wrong way. That's why when people join in a church, they need to be taken through principles before you are added as a church member. You, you, you need to be taken through a bit of training on how things are done in this church and how some things are not acceptable. Some things are not... We, we don't encourage some things. We can't encourage... No, we don't. We can't encourage some things. We can't, we can't, we can't encourage a, a man beating your wife. No. We can't. We, we can't. We can't. We just can't. We can't encourage something, a, a woman beating your husband or slapping your husband. We can't. Yeah. We, we can't encourage abusive relationships. We can't encourage, oh, yeah, you've come to church, but you've seen your ex in church and you've met her and you want to fight her or fight her. We can't do that. We don't do that. And you can't, we can't allow you to, ba- to, to bad mouth your enemy to us and we follow you. We can't do that. The person also is a Christian. He's now person. Everybody's got a past. Yeah. Everybody's got a past. It, I, pre- I think I preached a message. Jesus came to die for the bad guys. Yeah. God likes the bad guys too. Not because they are bad, but because they are human beings. Because everybody in one way or the other is bad to a certain level. Everybody, you are not, you ain't that good. All right, let me add the third one quickly and then we'll run up. Verse 15 says that, Pastor, this this thing is so strong, you know. It says that they, which have forsaken the right way, they are forsaking it. And not just forsaken, and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, Balaam, the son of Bozo. Yeah, brother Bozo. <laughs> they have gone astray. They've gone, he said, they are forsaking the right way and gone. You can't forsake the right way and still go, go straight. Once you go, forsake the right way, you are going astray. Some people don't just like this kind of teaching. 
And sometimes people come to church and they hear this teaching and they know they are not coming back. We will, pay, we, 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 we will encourage you not to if you don't like it. Yes, 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 Because we don't want people to spot, be spots in our feasts. Yeah. Yeah. No one is perfect. We are none, of, none of us is there yet. But we are all striving. The quality of Christian life, is, if, as I say, is not determined by the perfection of your life, but by the direction of your life. We will know you are a genuine Christian. Your, the direction of your life is more important because you can't be perfect. So we are not demanding perfection. It's not sinlessness, but you are definitely sinless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we hear God's word to inoculate us and build us in our inner man. When your inner man is fortified and built, you'll be able to walk with God the way you should. So, it's, see, see, I was saying yesterday in the teachings that apologetics does not necessarily change people. Apologetics is like trying to defend the, the message, the Bible, you know, convincing people and having cogent arguments to convince people. That's good. But it's just an intellectual exercise. True salvation and conversion is a function of the heart. So all those reasoning stay in the mind, but for us to have true conversion, it must be a function of the heart. He said, what saith it? The word is near you in your mind? No, Romans chapter 10. It's in your heart and in your mouth. The word we preach is in your heart and in your mouth. So it starts with the heart. Something must enter your heart. It must enter your heart. That's, and so, the preaching of God's word, it's as you are hearing, when your heart is open, when you are genuine about God, you are looking for God, his word will find you. When you are looking for God, his word will find you. And when the word comes, it goes straight in your heart, and that's where the seat of your being is your heart. That's where changes start from. Genuine godly change starts from the heart. Genuine godly change. A mental change is not a genuine change. Definitely, it's, there must be a, reform, a renewal of the mind. There definitely, we, trans, we are transformed in our mind, but it starts from the heart. When the heart is changed, it begins to affect the mind. So, but there are people, their hearts are blocked. They are not interested. They are not interested. I came here because of that girl, all this kind of preaching. I came here because of that girl. By God's grace, we will keep preaching this thing till we preach you out. <laughs> We, or you repent and we preach you in. So the preaching is not meant to leave you where you are. It's either to move you into God or kick you out of church. <laughs> Before you become a sport. Because sometimes when people stay in church a long time, watch this, very important point. When they stay in church a long time, they capture and they become acclimatized to the culture of church. They, they shout the amens at the right place, the hallelujah at the right place. They skip around at the right time. They, they join departments and serve, and they serve so well. And by the time you realize they are making their way into leadership, but have not been converted, have not changed. Their hearts have not changed. They have a, the most dangerous thing for the future of a church is unconverted hearts in, in leadership unconverted hearts in leadership. So they have become a leader of some department or something, and before you could, there are always problems. And those who are well-disciplined and know how to do things organizationally, they can still be ticking every organizational box and doing it so well that you, the leader, the general leader, or what, you'll be so impressed with their delivery. 
because they are naturally disposed to doing well in life. But it doesn't mean they have actually changed in the heart. So by the time you realize he's a choir director, by the time you realize he's the head of ashes, and by the time you realize he has been made a pastor. So what I'm trying to say is that the word must be pure. The word must be um, unadulterated. The word must be um, wholesome. Wholesome words will find you. And it draws you. It, what, what wholesome words do? Let me just add this. It draws you more into God. That's one. And number two, it empowers your inner man. Because you can only live the effective Christian life from your inner man. So when Paul prayed for the Ephesian church, in Ephesians he says that, I pray that you be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. That's where you have an inner man. Every one of us have it. And your, the effectiveness of your spiritual life is emanating or it stems out from your inner man. And so it, it strengthens you in your inner man. So that it will strengthen you within, with might by his spirit in your inner man, in the inner man. So when you are strengthened in the inner man, you don't struggle with some things. So then, ah, mm. coming to church and hearing God's word is not about do's and don'ts. Yes. No, don't do this. You can't do that. See, when you are not strengthened in the inner man and relating to God from your spirit, you only hear, don't do this. Thou shalt not. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. So it's all about instructions and or it's all about do's and don'ts and commandments. And sometimes too much. It's just too much. You can't, you can't take it. But when you, you are, your heart is open to God and you are receiving his word, something happens to you. By the time you realize there are some things, by, it's like it becomes by default, you just don't have a taste for some stuff. You don't have the, so it's not so much about what you don't want to do and what you, it's so much about the, the way you are working with God and getting closer to God. It has made you lose interest in some things without realizing how much you have changed. So some of us, after being in church for a while, you realize that your cantankerous nature, fighting with everybody at home, has changed. People, is so, people are surprised that nowadays you don't, your contentiousness has changed. Your neighbors are saying, ah. So sometimes they will throw things in your house to see that. Is, is it still there? No and no reaction. And sometimes you look at yourself after a period of time and you can tell, I think I've changed. Because me, someone, I'm driving someone crosses, casting on me like this, and I let the person... No, I think I have really changed. People must see that you are a different person now. And so Bible talks about how put on bowel, Colossians chapter 3, put, put on bowels of mercy. That, when I saw it many years ago in secondary school, that's, that's st- statement. It says that put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. What's the meaning of that? You have so much mercy that... If someone wants to mess up with somebody, they think it's safer to deal with you. God, yeah. they know you will, allow, you will let them off the hook. You can easily forgive them. But if they say, hey, this one, hey, don't go. Uh, let me go and trouble this one instead. This one, for 20 years, he won't forgive you. Yes. You must have bowels of mercy. So recap, number one about, uh, I have five, but let me just leave, with the, the, leave us with these three. Number one, what's the description of these they are like unreasonable animals. Number two, there are spots and blemishes among the believers. Number three, you are waiting for it. Verse 15, I said it in the verse 15. I'm so sorry, please. I was getting carried away with excitement. Verse 15 says that, 
Yeah, they are, oh, sorry, they've gone the way of Balaam, forsaking the right way, and they've gone the way of Balaam. What's the way of Balaam? He loves the wages of unrighteousness. Yeah. Who loves the wages of unrighteousness? So for the sake of gain, their life, the direction of their life is dictated by gain, material gain. Gain, whether it's righteous or not, they don't care about the, the qualification. They said the end justifies the means. So once I got it, I wanted to marry him, and I've got him. Whether he was going to marry somebody else, or however we ended up getting married, I'm married. You know, so wages of unrighteousness. That's what happened to Judas in Acts chapter 1, verse 18. Bible said he loved the wages of unrighteousness. He purchased a land. That now this man purchased a field with the rewards of iniquity. Well, I, I prefer the translation that said wages of unrighteousness. That rewards of iniquity. He bought a land. You are buying a car. <laughs> so they've gone the way of Balaam. I need to end. They have gone the way of Balaam. Uh, Balaam, who they have forsaken the right way, have gone the way of Balaam. And the way of Balaam is loving iniquity and getting gain at the expense of being right. Doesn't matter what it takes. Once I'm getting it, I'll go for it. Said so these people, these are how they are. I'll continue with the two other ones, as I think the rest of the chapter deals with the two. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show, and the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.